In this episode, we take a look at a few different uh, listener submissions on how they climb up the polyvagal ladder, and we share our thoughts. My name is Justin Sinceri. And I am Mercedes Corona. We are licensed marriage and family therapists obsessed with the polyvagal theory. Welcome to episode 16 of the Polyvagal Podcast. After the topic, we actually have a couple of announcements and your homework assignment for the week. What? Homework? Yeah, homework assignment. Uh, oh, you know, there was a fourth uh, submission. Sorry, I forgot about this one. Um, I was, do you mind if I read it? I don't mind. All right. So this person says, I, I climb up the polyvagal ladder by just telling people to leave me alone, right? That's in particular, there's someone I work with, uh, named Mer- Mercedes, mm-hmm. who likes to sing at me when I walk into a room. <laughs> this sounds really familiar, Justin. <laughs> Love, Dustin. You know, I really can relate to this and just sort of saying, I really like, thought this was a real submission. I just that's have the to point. say. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> just saying how you feel sometimes. <laughs> can be really helpful and telling someone like that doesn't work for me it's it's a healthy boundary thing really we do have actual listener submissions we have two audio clips thank you so much and a dm that i got these are honestly fantastic i can't, I can't wait for people they to hear and listen to these and to break them down um i don't think the listeners realize how awesome these are the ones who submitted it i don't think yes. they realize how incredible these are so super excited about that They're super awesome let's take a listen to Clip number one. This is Carla Joe from the UK. Hi, Justin. Um, I thought I'd share a little bit about how I um, now use the polyvagal theory as I move through my day. I have a much better understanding of my state. And so when I notice myself, or if I notice myself going down my ladder, the ladder, I check in, pause and think and reflect on what I can do right now to support myself to come back up. Um, In terms of my son, when I see him going down the ladder, um, I have a much better understanding of, okay, what can I do now to support my son in this moment? And how can I support him? How can I help him to move back to safe and social? And also, you know, people who... Um, I have relationships with family members, even just people that I meet, you know, as I move through my day, you know, even the shops, you know, I'm just much more aware of other people's states and how best to interact with them that's going to support them. So I think out of all of this, then compassion, because you can understand so much better why people are reacting and behaving and and responding in the way they are and meet that human being with compassion and understanding and with awareness and understand okay this is what this person's going through it's it's not about who they are as a being it's the state that they're in and how can I support them in this moment so I think out of it compassion flows much more freely yeah bye for now thank you Carla Joe from the UK Carla Joe, that was lovely. I love it. So there's some really, really good stuff here that I want to kind of break yes. down. All right. So the first thing that she said was she checks in with herself. Mm-hmm. I think when, we, when it comes to switching our state or even just sort of maintaining and not dropping further down the ladder, we have to really check in. And I think to me, that means some level of awareness 
with how not just like what we're thinking like that's important but like how our body is doing how we're actually feeling so kind of like some mindfulness sort of stuff here really uh, but checking it in checking in and what i do and mercedes i'm curious what if, if you if this you do the same thing what i do is I, I will actually just pick a random body part like my toes and check in how are my toes doing how are my hands doing and sometimes i'll even go like behind my ears and by doing that just checking in with random spots i've noticed that like wow i really kind of tense up especially behind my ears that i feel a slight pull like back which i never would have noticed if i hadn't you know yeah. checked in which is like random spots here and there. So that's kind of how I check in with myself. Um, I'm always, not always, but throughout the day, I'll check in with my breathing. Am I able to breathe in my belly especially? Um, that's kind of my indicator of, of where I'm at. Uh, but yeah, just checking in, like how are my calves doing? How are my thighs doing? Stuff like that. Um, and that really helps me to ground myself or even like come back up the ladder if, I, if I'm a little bit down it. Uh, but yeah, checking in. Do you ever do like check-ins for yourself? I do. Um, not not in your way. I think that's really interesting to kind of choose a random, like a random body part and kind of check in that way. But um, what I'll do is I'll notice, I'll, I'll notice that I'm feeling kind of funky, kind of like I'm, I'm honestly thinking about what we had talked about in our last podcast. And just, you know, <laughs> if, if you're yelling or whatever thing is going on, like something's wrong. And so I'll, that's what I'll notice first is like, whoa, like I feel funky or I'm, you know, my voice is starting to get a little louder or whatever. And then um, I don't do the like random body part thing, like you were saying, but what I do is I just try and kind of be still for a minute and notice where I'm feeling, whatever thing I'm feeling. And so that has actually helped me really notice a lot that I feel a lot of tension. I hold a lot of tension in my neck and shoulders and I've yeah. really, I've, I've always been aware of that, but I've really noticed it lately. Um, clenching my jaw, I notice. And so as soon as I like, I try and be still, like I said, and I notice that so I can release, I release the clenched jaw. Um, and then I notice that my breathing really changes a lot. Like I'll be breathing much faster or much heavier. I don't know. I feel like you and I kind of um, do it kind of in a different direction. You go in one way and I go the other way. Like I feel the thing and then. I do that as well, especially like as a parent. Like if I'm, I notice like I'm, my level of control in the moment, like needing to control how my kids are behaving like this, mm -hmm. like I can notice now. And like this is, I'm crossing a line that I'm comfortable with. If I'm raising my voice, that's a cue. So like there's those obvious like big behavioral kind of things. And so I'll, I'll, I'll notice those. But what I'm talking about is even just re really throughout the day, not necessarily if I'm in a moment where I'm already down the ladder, um, but checking with myself no matter when, like really kind of throughout the day that it helps me to really like learn about myself, my body more. Like, like I know now that I feel this pull behind my ears pretty much constantly. Um, and I, I don't know exactly why, but it's like, it's kind of like a tense kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I grind my teeth constantly. So it's, it's interesting you said clenched jaw. Do you grind your teeth as well? Yeah, I do actually. And it's funny, I've, I've been noticing that a lot more recently. So I don't know if I've got like elevated levels of stress or something right now, but yeah, I used to have to wear one of those dental things. Not that Did that's you really? what we're talking about. Yeah. When I was a kid, like know. a teenager, TMJ, yeah. I used to have. What is that? Um, something, <laughs> I wish I remembered some T, I don't remember what the T stands for, but M is mandibular. Oh God. All right. I lost something, it's something in your jaw. All right. Yeah. So the second thing that she said, <laughs> it's clenching your jaws. That's it. <laughs> this is how I see I, I, um, I was getting so bored with that. I found myself going down the ladder. <laughs> so I deal with that by saying, all right, I've lost interest. Justin. <laughs> 
You've heard me say yeah. that at work, though. Like, I'll say, like, I've, you know, I've lost interest. You do. You do. And I have to say, look, it's something I, I admire that about you because <laughs> you're just like, look, this is where my boundary is. It's definitely, like, I've definitely crossed that line. And, you know, I choose to do something else. That's awesome. But I want to make clear that people know I don't do that in session. Yeah, I don't tell yeah. clients. You know what? I've lost interest. <laughs> that would not be appropriate. So the, the checking in, I love that. Um, and that has to, it's a very intentional thing. You have to have some level of awareness and motivation to be aware, sell like some sort of level of self-interest and like in being curious about yourself that has to kind of be there. Um, so checking in is a great one. When I like what you said about the intention of it, being intentional about it. The second part was she said pause, that she checks in, she pauses, right? And you, it really is, uh, I think, a moment where you pause and look inward, I think. And it's not on the go. I mean, it can, I guess it can be on the go if you're mindful enough to kind of check in with yourself. But um, but it's it is a, it's usually a moment where you're able to pause and I think be still and really do a self like body scan maybe. But yeah, I think that pause is very necessary for the check-in. And then she says that she thinks and reflects on what can be done now. So the way I hear that is checks in, like that's pause, checks in with herself. And then to, she notices that she may be down the ladder and then to reflect on, well, what can I do about it? So that she goes right straight into problem solving. And what that tells me is if you can do the problem solving, that means that you're safe and social enough. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like as a parent, and probably, I think kind of what you were saying as well is if I, if I feel my tension going up or my frustration level going up, that I still, my thinking is still intact. My, my problem solving right. is still intact. So I catch that and then I, I say, well, what, what can I do now? And my first step is always to stop. Like whatever I'm doing, just stop. And I can tolerate that. It's just stop. Usually take at least like one deep breath. There's really enough for me to be like, all right, that's enough. Like calm down enough. And then um, I really slow down, make sure my voice is more prosodic and um, not raised, you know, that I just don't want to make the situation worse. So that, that's usually what I f- first do is pause, check in with myself, notice it, and then we'll reflect on what can I do now? Let's not make it worse. So I stop what I'm doing and then I really, really slow down. One thing I do, because I'm just, you know, I'm just reflecting as you're, as you're describing your process. One thing I do that I think is a little bit different and I don't know if this is just me, but one thing I like to do is when I pause and reflect, I take a second to to figure out, is it me or is it the other person? So am I, am I the one that's overreacting? Am I the one that's down the ladder? Or am I reacting to the other person being down the ladder? Yeah. And so I think what that helps me to do is if it's me who's down the ladder, then, you know, I'm going to take that breath. I'm going to do what I need to do to, you know, just kind of settle and, and move back up the ladder. And if it's the other person, say it's my child or a client, um, then I'm going to do what I can do, make sure that my voice is prosodic and make sure that I'm sending the safety cues so that I can help them move back up the ladder. Do you feel yourself dropping down along with them like with your kids? You yes. have a little older, but like my, like Jay throws yeah. a fit. Pretty, nah, he, he's four. He's almost four. So he still has the like the whining and so does my daughter actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely with my daughter, um, she and I, I think I think the thing is she's 10 now uh, going on 11 in June. Oh, my goodness gracious. Mine's almost 10. um, Yeah, it's. I know. (laughs) Yes, yes. I know, (laughs) Dad. Yes. Okay, so. Why don't you do it? I don't. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh, that's exactly right. So yeah. that so you it like precisely just described when I'm going down the ladder at the same time as her. You are like you've been watching my house. It's scary. That's the cue. Is like when when I hear I know, and then, then so that why shifts don't, my yeah that shifts my state to like irritation. Yeah. Like I drop down enough, yeah. Rage. and then the story the story. Oh. My, <laughs> Outrage. That's me for me. And the, okay, and the story that pops into my head is, well, why don't you just do the darn thing? Right, right. And of course, I say that out loud to make my point. And she's like, you know what? You're right. That's just that easy. I will pick up the dog poop. Thanks. That's, Dad. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens in my house too. Mom, you're so right. That's the next episode. We we teach people how to how to use the magic words. That's the next episode. Okay. So well, we've already kind of touched upon this, but she says as a parent that she's better able to understand the moment and to be a support. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that because as parents, we, of course, we always think, well, we have to solve the problem. We have to command, we have to guide. And yeah, I mean, guiding, I think I can get on board with that. But I love how she said as a support. So if her kid's going through something down the ladder to be a support and not like, I do the same thing with, with um, actually both my kids, if necessary, that if they're down the ladder or you know, no matter how far it is, that I'm just sort of, I'm a support. I'm there with them. I'm I'm here with you. I'll I'll provide safety. I'll provide love and affection and touch and hugs and whatever. But um, I'm a support. Sometimes all all they need is a band aid, and they're you know somehow mm-hmm. that that magically works. Um, but I, I'm a support, and not someone who's like driving the situation. Right. Like you're not solving the problem for them, but you're there to just go along for the ride for whatever they try and figure out to do exactly yeah the next thing she said is that relationships with others and as she's talking about relationships with other people and meeting others and that she has more awareness of other people's states and i have found that with myself too yes that me i too. now all i see are a whole bunch of nervous systems walking around that's you know what i mean yeah i i see like now it's not just someone's face but i'm seeing facial cues or, you know, lack of, say, facial cues, or I'm seeing danger cues. So I'm just seeing, like, that's, that's I'm I'm totally there ever since learning about this stuff. That, uh, especially, like, with all the kids that we work around, mm-hmm. I'm seeing all these nervous systems, all, many of them dysregulated. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I yeah. just see that everywhere now. I love it when you call people nervous systems. I just find it endless fa- endlessly fascinating. <laughs> but, um, no, I think, I, I think this is what struck me the most about Carla Joe's, um, you know, message that she gave us is, I think that's the power of the polyvagal theory is that it's so simple and it's so clear. And once you understand it, it just, it it kind of like opens up like this whole world of, of just understanding for everyone else, yourself and everyone else. And I think that's, that's the strength in it is, you know, now she, the, the example she gave is now she can understand her children better and her family relationships and other relationships in her life. She understands all these people so much better now, and it's easier to interact with them and, and you know, to move through the yeah. world with them. Do you find yourself seeing situations in public now and seeing it in a polyvagal state kind of way? Yes, definitely. It becomes a lot harder to ignore now. Like, there's, you know, kids throwing a fit, you want to ignore it. But now I'm like, oh, that kid's in some sort of danger state. Right. And through the story that pops in my mind is, if I can just explain to this parent what's going on, <laughs> they'll be able to help. But I'm like, I can't, I can't do that. I can't do so that. So I have it's... a solution to this problem. And maybe, maybe I, we can get our dear listeners to, to, to support it. 
what if we print up some just like business cards or whatever and we just like ding, 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 like hand them out boom 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 like, just pass them the, out just yeah as the kid is having a fit in the grocery store here you go here's the solution to your problem that'd right be awesome that. yeah i get right on that yeah i want the look listeners you gotta you gotta pump justin up on this one he's not gonna do it for reals i'm not gonna do that no. <laughs> <laughs> all right the last thing um that she kind of touched upon which was really the natural result of being more of a supportive person and noticing other people in their state and being able to regulate your own state is compassion and understanding and awareness. And I love that. Yes. So it's really, she becomes a co-regulator and she really finds that inner empathy and compassion um, and really brings a lot of understanding versus judgment and awareness. Uh, I think it sounds like of herself and others as well, which is, mm-hmm. that's really kind of the result. And really that's the human connection, I think. So she sounds like yeah. she's able to get there. Definitely. And I, I just love how she said it. I think it was just so perfect how she said it, you know, after, after learning about it and kind of practicing a little bit, she said, compassion happens. It just happens. And it just, it feels like such a natural, and she even said the word flow. I was going to say it feels like a natural flow. She said the compassion just flows much more freely and it does feel very, just like a, a normal, regular, natural step that would come after the understanding and the awareness. I just thought that was so lovely how she put it. It's a spontaneous thing. Like we, I think as in our professions, not just us, but people who are in the helping professions, that we want to make people more social, make people more compassionate. But that's a spontaneous thing. It happens once we feel safe. It naturally occurs once we feel safe. Yes. All right. Love that. Thank you, Carla Joe. Thank you, Carla Joe. From the UK. From the UK. Justin didn't let me do my British accent because he thought it would be <laughs> offensive. So I'm not going to do it. But I never I know how people are going to react. I didn't say don't do it, but I was like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. I don't know. No. Although, if I heard like an American accent or whatever that might be, I, I could care less. So. See? So I don't know. Yeah. Well, All right. no, I'm not going to do it. Next one. Okay. You, why don't you read this in a British accent? So I will not. <laughs> so this is, um, was this a direct a direct message to you, Justin? Yes, this it was. This is Teresa from Twitter. So Teresa writes, Hi, Justin. I once had a trauma therapist who had a lot of pictures in her office, but they were not hanging on the walls. They stood against the wall in corners or leaning against flower pots. I didn't understand why she would decorate the floor like that. Then, during therapy, I was climbing down the ladder. My gaze dropped to the ground and into corners, and there I was welcomed by colorful pictures. Most of them were painted in warm colors and showed a person being comforted or surrounded by friends or being taken care of. It totally react- reactivated my safe and social system, so we didn't lose connection. Can I, let's pause there, because I, I love this so much. Isn't that amazing, the, the pictures on the floor? Mm-hmm. Like, as I was yes. reading that, I'm like, what? But then, the way she just... The, the the utility, the function of it, I had, had never thought of that. It's kind of like quietly brilliant. like It really is. That the therapist would think about where your eyes would wander when you're going down the ladder. I, I think it's Kudos. amazing. Kudos. Kudos. To, props to the therapist. <laughs> who is just, I think that in my mind, a story just popped in my mind I want to share with you, Mercedes. Okay. Because you said it was quietly brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I'm picturing a therapist in her chair just very smug and pleased with herself. <laughs> with the idea and she's just like yeah i know where your eyes gonna go and i got you i got you right. covered 
Like that's how much she thinks about her clients. You know, she she probably at some point sat on the couch of the client's couch and said, okay, if I'm feeling kind of funky, where are my eyes going to go? Like that's a, that's a thoughtful therapist. All right. Thank you for letting me interrupt. Okay. So going back to Teresa, um, she says, my current trauma therapist is specialized on severe dissociative disorders and she is training especially to stay regulated when her patients go down the ladder hard. She is wearing an HRV device on her wrist that also tells her the time. It vibrates. <laughs> I like that. It's, in parentheses, it's well, just it's, in parentheses. It also tells the time. It's functional. I like that. <laughs> it vibrates when her HRV drops. I think this must be so helpful with staying regulated to have something that tells her when, when to take a break and take care of herself first. Let's pause there again. Is that the same therapist or is that a different therapist? It's, it's the same one, right? No, she said this is a different one. She said my current trauma Oh, therapist. I once had a therapist. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. So another therapist who's really kind of um, going above and beyond here mm-hmm. and wearing a, uh, a wrist device just as like added evidence of where she's at. And um, so HRV is heart rate variability, which I don't know enough about, so I'm not going to speak. But it sounds like some something will go off telling her that she's in some sort of like she's dropped, like her heart rate is going up, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. That would make sense, right? And I think that in therapy, I'm I'm constantly looking inward. And I do wonder as I'm looking inward, and part of that is evaluating myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And evaluation is a cue of danger. So if, if wearing a wrist device would allow me to maybe be more present because I wouldn't have to evaluate so often, like I'm constantly evaluating, like how am I feeling as I listen to my client in front of me? Um, so that I, I love that idea uh, of the a wearable device. That's really neat. As I was reading through this, I, I was thinking I would worry that it would feel slightly distracting either to me as a therapist or to the client only because if, I don't know, part of our job is to be, you know, a neutral kind of sounding board for the clients. And so what if my heart rate variability device is like going crazy? Like, oh my gosh, like, <laughs> you know, like the client can tell how, how distraught I am over something, how distressed I am. Here's the, actually, I was listening to, um, oh, it was Dr. Portis. It was an interview with Dr. Portis, I think on Bulletproof Radio. And, uh, or it might have been Deb Dana, I don't know. But um, he was saying that the neutral platform, the neutral face thing that we're trained with, I mean, really, that's that was part of my training in, in mm-hmm. school. That That is actually a cue of danger. If we're not giving, and I don't think you do that at all. I, I can't imagine you being like flat <laughs> affect at all. But if we're giving no visual, no um, facial response to what they're saying, that that is actually a cue of danger. Um, if, if we have flat affect, that means that we're down the ladder. So showing like compassion in our face is, of course, okay. So I, I think that, and it sounds like she, this therapist normalized that enough with this client. She normalized the watch thing. Right. I think that's the important piece. Teresa in session knows what's up. And Teresa in session knows that it sounds like she's actually okay with the fact that the therapist has this sort of like, I'll call it a life raft, um, just so Uh that she knows this is a safe person. This is such a safe person that they have a wearable device. Basically, she's from the future. and she's she's a time traveler. Yeah. Exactly. So (laughs) I think it's been normalized. Um, Otherwise, I could see why it might be a distraction or if it buzzed without the person knowing why that they that could be totally distracting, but it sounds like another phenomenal therapist from the future. From the Go future. On. Okay. So Teresa continues. I have DID, so I am frequently working with child parts. We have developed our own language around the polyvagal theory. 
They know the different arousal systems as personified cartoon characters we created together, complete with costume and character sketch and typical thoughts and behaviors. So we can talk about who is visiting right now and find a playful approach to manage the situation. In therapy, we always make sure to have an anchoring situation. I love ready. that, by the way. I have to keep interrupting. <laughs> I know. It's not an audio one, so I, I don't mind. But So it's like, that's that's so cool to have <laughs> a visual really representation. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Do we need to remind our listeners what DID is? Dissociative, Dissociative Identity. Of, yes. Dissociative Identity Disorder. Yes. And so. Once called multiple personality disorder. Yes. But no longer. And so it's very common for people who have DID to refer to themselves in the plural as we. So I believe in the rest of her um, message, she says we. So she is referring to herself and her uh, different parts. Going on. So the last part from Teresa is that she says, in therapy, we always make sure to have an anchoring situation ready. Our therapist collects these stories, like an especially good games night, time spent down at the river with barbecue and singing songs, or even events we are planning like a grand birthday party. If the topic is getting too difficult, and I drop down the ladder hard, the therapist will suddenly transition to talking about our anchoring scene to engage us in safe and social thoughts again. We are used to it now, and even though we know exactly what she is doing, it works every time. We are now bringing anchoring scenes to her for this purpose, so she knows where to go with the intervention. I like this because what this is doing is building the vag- the vagal break. This is building um, when, when we're dropping down the ladder a little bit. And I do this a lot with my clients, very similar, that we, we just notice it and say, let's let's go on to something else. We'll talk about, you know, a cute baby in your life, something that brings you happiness. And then let's check back in where you're at right now. And it helps build the ability to go to drop down um, into a little bit of distress, but then to come right back up. And that, that exercise, it's, I believe they call it a neural exercise, that builds the capacity to handle uh, greater amounts of distress. So the next time that someone talks about that distress at the same level, like they basically repeat themselves, they'll be able to handle it a little bit easier and then go a little bit further. And then as you go a little bit further, it'll be more distressful. Let's bring back one of the... Um, the you know the cute baby or something that positive in your life at a day at the beach or whatever you have planned out and then we're right back up into safe and social state how are we doing and uh, so basically you build the capacity to handle more and more of the trauma story mm-hmm. if, if if you're telling the trauma story in, in therapy yeah i think what struck me about this part of the of the passage is again i i always go back to the just amazingness of the polyvagal theory so Again, the strength and the clarity of it, but the simplicity, excuse me, simplicity of it so that this person, Teresa, who has, you know, the different parts within her and some of them are child parts, everyone has bought into the idea of of using the polyvagal theory as something that will help all of them together as a whole work through the trauma. And again, I'm just always blown away by how simple the polyvagal theory is to explain all of these um, complicated situations that, you know, are within us, but it's just so clearly understood and it makes so much sense. I love it. It's really grounding and it's not a therapeutic model in and of itself. It's the mm-hmm. groundwork for um, pretty much, I guess, any type of therapeutic modality you're working with, as long as you understand where the client is in the room on, on the polyvagal ladder. I think, I think Port just calls it a scaffolding. So we have one more audio Can we clip. just say thank you one more time to Teresa? Oh yeah. From Twitter. Teresa. Thank you so much, Teresa. Thank you, Teresa. 
Super, super appreciate it. All right. One more audio clip. This is from Emily. So just as a quick warning, uh, at the end of this audio submission, the person uh, reports that they begin to shut down. And they're okay. I messaged them afterward. And uh, she actually said that she wanted me to keep that part in. So she's okay. If you don't want to hear that, what I would do is just skip ahead about about three minutes. And uh, you should be safe there. Hi, my name is Emily. I have a tendency to go into shutdown mode. Quite a bit, actually. Sometimes I can feel it coming on, and sometimes I can't. When I can't, obviously it's a lot harder to pull myself out of shutdown mode before completely shutting down. I usually need the help of a therapist or somebody close to me who understands grounding techniques and techniques to help bring me back to the safe and social mode. When I can feel it coming on, the first thing I do is try and identify where in my body I feel that. It's usually in my head. I usually will feel a tired, foggy sensation like my head is being stuffed with cotton. So of course, not being able to think clearly makes it a lot harder to bring myself out of that mode. But staying grounded is probably the most helpful thing for me. Staying grounded with that feeling and staying present. I will often rub my fingers together or pick out something in the room and describe it to myself in detail. That pillow is blue and has flowery patterns on it and I can smell something baking. You know, I use my senses to stay grounded so that I don't just completely shut down. I have been seeing a therapist for almost 20 years now and it's only been in the last year with my new therapist that this has ever even been touched on so this is brand new to me but I can tell you that in the short amount of time that I've been practicing it it has been incredible an incredible difference and I hope to keep learning I'm shutting down now. I can feel it happening. I had something else to say. I'm working on that. (laughs) All right. Well. Thanks. So I asked asked her permission before, um, or if she wanted me to to edit out the part of her shutting down. And she said, no, it's fine. Leave it in there. I, I'm glad that she gave me permission to do that because I think it's yeah. actually really helpful for people to hear. She's really it, brave even, for that. That's a really brave thing to do because I could hear in her voice. I'm yeah. sorry, I interrupted you, but That's I can okay. hear in her I, voice I that she's she's <laughs> she's upset about it. But but again, it's so brave for her to give you permission for that because that's it's exactly what we're talking about. We we all go through this. I I think that was probably one of my favorite parts of her clip actually because it's something that I struggle with myself. I think I've told you before, Justin, that. I don't, I don't see myself as, my strength isn't speaking. My strength is definitely writing. And so when I first agreed to do the podcast with you, I was like, what am I thinking? You know, this, I feel, 
I feel that I stop a lot and I maybe sometimes I stutter sometimes and it's not quite as smooth and free flowing as I'd like it to be. But again, I think, you know, people get that. It's it's okay when that happens. And and I recognize that she's still in the process of learning to not drop down the ladder, not shut down, but it's okay that it's still happening and she's learning how to handle it. And I think, Emily, to you directly, it's such a brave, courageous thing for you to do to submit that to us and to have Justin, to give Justin your permission to put it on the air anyway. It was really awesome. I, I, um, I don't, I think as we listened to this and as the first time I heard it, I could kind of hear her go in there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm losing her. Then that was my story that I came up with is I'm losing her. Mm-hmm. Even though she's not my client and I'm not in the room with right. her, but but that was my my impre- my experience of it was like oh no I'm losing her, but um she was fine at least in the clip she sent us that there was a lot of positives um, that I want to get I guess I'll talk about it right now definitely but during her shutdown she wasn't helpless she says I can feel it happening like she was mm-hmm. aware of it yes so she wasn't this helpless victim to her dissociation or whatever or her shutdown she says I can feel it happening mm-hmm. so she was aware of it and she, you could tell she was pausing. She was noticing it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's fantastic. Like, so she was still in a in a place. Her her um, it's called the ventral vagal system, the safe and social system, was intact enough. She she wasn't gone. Like she she was is intact enough to be able to realize that. Mm-hmm. And then she even she said, "I can feel it happening." And then she said, "I had something else to say." So she was trying to get herself back on track. Right. So she knew I'm on a track. I got off it. Let me try and get back on it. Like she was she was there. And then she said, "All right, all right well." And then she moved on. Yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> and I love the way that it kind of ended that way. It's like, all right, well, that's that's the way it is. Um, and I'm hoping that afterwards she went and grinded herself um, or did whatever she had to do. But just from that clip alone, there was a lot of positives happening there. So Agreed. it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a victim or someone who uh, was succumbing to be shut down. It was I, I heard someone who was coping pretty darn well at least for those few seconds definitely thought it was pretty awesome but i'm glad that you said it's normal because it is extremely normal we all do it on some level um, i will share that if you listen to my interview on uh, system speak um, i did an interview and thought the interview went just fine but there was a moment where i kind of dissociated and it was only a couple seconds long but i felt i felt myself in my face like i, I could feel the blood leaving my face and i think this is um just for myself, like speak, I like speaking. I like doing the podcasting. I like doing the interviews a lot, but there's a, there, I have a lot of doubt, you know, I, it's like, I have a lot of doubt about myself and, um, it's not like I'm hundred percent like confident in all this stuff. You know what I mean? So being yeah. interviewed, I'm constantly like asking myself, am I doing good enough? Are, are people going to enjoy listening to this? Am I helpful? Am I harming people by, you know, stuff I'm saying? So I'm, I'm asking those things to myself. And, uh, and there was a moment where, um, my, I could feel the blood rushing out of my face and I think my hands went a little bit numb and then, um, my, my vision like crisscrossed. And I, I know that if I go into shutdown, that's kind of what happens is that my vision, it feels like my eyes are going crisscrossed and my vision, like for a couple seconds was like gone, but I was able to notice it, stay in my safe social system enough to kind of come out of it. Um, but you can hear that on the podcast. And I even asked her, um, or I even acknowledge, like, I asked her if she was doing okay. My the story in my head was, it wasn't me, it was somebody else. Right. And then she goes, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> and, so I, <laughs> and so I said, oh, I guess it was just me. <laughs> but you can hear me dissociate on someone else's podcast. But we all do it. At some point, we do this, these little 
just like, even like a couple seconds, but we do these little moments. So I, I really appreciated Emily, you, you sending that and allowing us to, to comment on that and, and let other people hear that. I hear a lot of positives in that. Uh, but the other things that she did say was sometimes she can feel it. Sometimes she cannot feel the shutdown coming on. Mm-hmm. And usually she needs some sort of external help with grounding techniques, but she knows what she needs. And it sounds like she knows where to get those from as well. And it sounds like her current therapist, um, I'm really glad is addressing this stuff because 20 years of not. Yes. We, By the way, folks, we will be doing a bad therapy a series, probably a series. <laughs> and I'm sure I might have to use my sensor button a, a few times with that one. Maybe. I think I'll get a little <laughs> upset with that one. All right. So, um, but she knows the grounding techniques. She knows uh, where to go for those, it sounds like. That's how she can kind of come back up the ladder, uh, at least a little bit, enough to not go into full shutdown. And then she says, when she does feel it, she she identifies where it's from. And I like that she described, I think it was in her head. I forgot the word she used. Was it was it um, cotton? Was it she cotton or not thinking clearly or something like that? She said her her head feels like it's getting, like it's filled with cotton. Okay. All right. So I, I love that she knows at least first where she feels it. And it sounds like in her head. And I think it's very common for people to say it starts in their head. And even for me, when I sit my, in my example, I felt the blood rushing out of my face. Um, but I, you know, with the kids I work with and even adults too, when they talk about this, they, it's, I am, I'm very fascinated by the words that they use. So cotton, that's the first time I've heard that one, Yeah. but other people will say they feel, you know, tired or foggy or like they're in a cloud. Um, or they'll give a percentage, like I'm 10% in my body. I'm 15, whatever it is. But the way people describe their experience of shutting down or going into a dissociative state, uh, I, I always find very interesting. But I thought it's awesome that she could put words to her state, to, to what's happening inside of herself. So she's aware enough to know what's going on and then to know to stay on track and to seek out help, hopefully, if she needs it. Um, the, all, the other thing that was phenomenal was staying grounded through her senses. And that's uh, like, that's amazing because at all times we're using our senses. So there's always a resource at our disposal to, uh, to become grounded. We're always, you know, we can always touch our skin. We could always massage our, the, the back of our head or neck or whatever, or right here on the front part of your neck. That's always there. So we can always use touch. We can always use smell, sight, hearing. Um, we can always do these things. And I love that she, or scent, if you have like, um, I've heard of people using peppermints. Just something that has like a strong scent or taste. Or the essential oils. That's a big thing now too. So using uh, your senses as a way to come back up the ladder is such a great idea. And it's always there. doesn't really cost anything, I don't think. No, your senses are free. You're born with them. And I think it's a really, it's a very basic grounding technique that we are, that we as therapists are taught to use for clients. And so this probably speaks to her experience in therapy, but definitely using the senses as it's just a basic grounding technique yeah so she her examples were uh rubbing her fingers together i love that describing things that are present some dbt kind of stuff there all right any final thoughts i do want to say thank you to emily oh yeah emily thank you emily thank you for your submission yeah thank you to everybody emily Teresa, and carla joe so 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 appreciative yes we are so appreciative that is that's right can i say that they're our favorite listeners right now Yes, you can. The three of you are our favorite listeners for submitting clips <laughs> and messages. Thank you, guys. I, also, I want to invite anybody listening. <laughs> you can do the same. Um, I really want to have like an open invite for people to send in, Definitely. especially audio, 
Yeah, especially audio clips, because I think hearing someone's voice that you know listens along with you, I think it makes it a little bit more real and a little bit more of a sense of a community. Um, so please send in, and DMs are fine. Like if you want to share how you go up the ladder or how you're benefiting from the polyvagal theory, I would love, Mercedes and I would both mm-hmm. love to hear it. Definitely. Or even we, we don't mind reading it here as well, just give us permission to do so. Uh, but yeah, there's always just this open invite to send us uh, audio clips, and that's super easy through Instagram DM or record it through your phone and email it to to one of us. And I just want to reiterate something you said, Justin, already, but it, it's nice to hear from you guys, like literally hear your voices. I recognize Carla Joe's name from my Twitter feed, and I know that yeah. I've I've seen her, you know, I've seen her on Twitter. I've seen some of the things she says. So Carla Joe, now that I now that I've heard your voice, I feel so much closer to you and I just, I think it's phenomenal. So I would love to hear from you guys just as much as Justin. It does add a new layer to it for us as, it yeah, for us as well. Yeah. The connection to the listeners. Cause we, you know, I'm sitting here looking at you, you're sitting there looking at me, but there's so many people that are listening. The, just so everyone knows in a couple, I think so, a couple of people had asked, um, there are show notes for every single episode on my, my website, justinlmft.com slash blog. And I also have other just little articles I have where I answer questions from people. All okay. written by Mercedes Corona. Yeah. All by myself. <laughs> <laughs> and he takes Mercedes. the credit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it goes. Mercedes, what's their homework assignment? Homework assignment. So your homework assignment, dear listener, is to use one of the techniques that you've heard today. Find one that works for you and try doing it every day. See how that feels. Did anything, I'm going to put you on the spot. Because I, I don't have an answer Ooh. yet. Did anything stick out to you? So much stuff stuck out to me. But what is one thing that you can um, commit to using that we talked about? Well, I have two different answers. One, th- the thing that stuck out to me the most was, for, again, from Carla Joe, And I just loved how she had said about compassion and how it just happens. That just felt so beautiful to me. So that's not a technique I can use. But I just... Wanted to say that that's it's what not a technique. Out. That's a cheat. No. I'm going to buy but, a futuristic watch. No. <laughs> no, but I do want to say the technique that I, I would like to try is actually yours. The one that you said in the beginning oh, the about random. the ran- yeah the random body part like toes or fingertips or earlobes or whatever thing. I'd like to try that one. Wait till you see me at work with, I'm sure it's going to be like this monster watch on it's my not. wrist. And you'll be like, hey, Justin, it's what not. time is it? And I'll be like, uh, three o'clock. Do you also want to know what my HRV is? <laughs> Because I have that information right here on my monster Here's watch. Here's the thing. From the, as, from the future. <laughs> from the future. And then you'll be able to travel to and from the future. That'll be awesome. But here's what I'm going to do. As soon as you do that, I am going to post it on Twitter. So look out for that, folks. Oh, my God. Right. Your HRV. I just realized you gave, you've given a real answer and I've joking about I've made jokes about watches. <laughs> See? Um, I thought that was your real answer. So you're not going to get one of those HRV? No. They make those. Well, I'm really, I know. I'm really curious about that. Uh, but I don't actually. What I really want to do, this is such a side tangent, and you've totally got me off the question here. <laughs> I really want to get Doctor Porges has this thing called the Safe and Sound Protocol. Yes, and it's this listening thing, and I really, really want to try that I've out. I've heard of it. I also really want to go to a somatic experiencing practitioner and kind of experience one of their sessions uh, in vivo. Um, I don't have an answer here, and that sucks. Like I should because yeah. this is you know. You were giving me some. <laughs> trash about it so <laughs> and i legit answered here's what i'll do i um i like the idea of an anchoring situation so i will think of a time in my life where i was the most safe and social and use that um when i've dropped down the ladder a little bit 
I like, I like that it. a lot. I like I'm it. also going to walk around putting pictures on the floor everywhere I go. <laughs> do you remember we were going to do that to our coworkers one time? Now I just outed us. <laughs> oh, but the, with the not in a helpful the, way. A, that wouldn't have been helpful. Way, yeah. Though. Not, not Our idea helpful. for coworkers was to put. Don't give it away because then oh, we can't okay. use it. All right. <laughs> I still have hope. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you again, to everyone who submitted a uh, a response. That was. Yes. We, we I know we we loved it. It's just made it. Uh, I think probably the best episode yet. Probably. Thank you guys so much for listening. And again, one more time, a big big thank you to Carla, Joe, Teresa, and Emily for your submissions. We hope that this has brought you a ton of value today and every day. If you have a question about anything, we'd love to hear it and possibly address it in a future episode. Feel free to contact us. We are on Twitter and we have email justinlmft at gmail.com, mercedeslmft at gmail.com. And Justin has a whole other ways that you can contact him. So just look those up on the show notes. And <laughs> You're not going to say them out loud? Do you? <laughs> You want me to say them all? <laughs> Just no, no. But I, I, Pinterest, I use Instagram. Instagram. I don't use the Pinterest at all. Well, you have. But one. um, I know it's on there. But um, it, Instagram is my go-to. Twitter, I don't know. Instagram is my go-to at this point. There seems to be more going on there. People are really responding and interacting more. So Instagram is my go-to. I, I still respond on Twitter, like DMs and stuff, though. All right. I have is Twitter. Maybe I should get an Instagram. You, sh- you should be on Instagram. It, it, there's, okay. there's more going on there. It's, it's a little bit livelier. Oh, by the way, um, the new intro music and sound effects are from Benjo Higard. He's given me a lot of music in the past for other things, and I have given him artwork. We've done this trade. He's just this cool, awesome guy, his dad, and he and I just have this mutual respect, um, and we kind of give each other art and music. So that was a donation from him. You can find him on SoundCloud. His name is Benjo Beats. I'll put a link in the description. Uh, but big thank you to Benjo Beats uh, for the incredible new intro, outro music, and sound effects. Thank you. Bye. In this episode, we discuss our techniques. Nope, that's not true. Take two. <laughs> We're not getting through it one take, Mercedes. (laughs) (laughs) Take two.